Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can use active interviewing to win more job offers. So when you show up on interview day, the mindset, the energy, and the behavioral strategy that you bring to the interview is going to dictate your outcomes, be it for better or for worse. And this is where most job seekers end up making a mistake that costs them a lot of final rounds and a lot of job offers. And that is being a passive interviewer instead of being an active interviewer. So let me start by defining those two things, passive interviewing and active interviewing. Passive interviewing, again, is what most job seekers do. And this is essentially when you step into the conversation and you let the interviewer drive pretty much every aspect of the conversation that you have. So maybe you show up to the Zoom call or the office and the person comes out, they greet you and you kind of let them ask the first question, you know, how's your day going? What'd you do this weekend? Really excited to have you. You let them steer that and you answer their questions. You kind of go back and forth a little bit and then you sit down in the interview and you wait to be asked the first question. And that kind of continues throughout the interview process. You essentially sit there and you wait for the interviewer to ask a question. You answer that question and then you rinse and repeat. And the problem with this whole situation is that it creates a really rigid atmosphere, but it also gives 100% of the control of this interview to the interviewer. And that's not a great thing because that means that we are at their mercy. And if they don't ask a question that allows us to cover a really important topic, we're not going to be able to cover it. Or more importantly, if they don't give you an opportunity to showcase the knowledge that you have about this role in this company, you're probably not going to have that opportunity at all. So that's why passive interviewing doesn't work. But this is also the thing that's most comfortable and sort of expected of most candidates where you're there for an interview, right? The company is interviewing you. So why not let them ask all the questions, drive the conversation? That tends to be the mindset that a lot of job seekers fall into. So This is by far the most common approach to interviewing, but it's also the one that is going to reduce your outcomes. So that brings me to active interviewing. Active interviewing is something that very, very few job seekers do, but it ends up creating amazing outcomes. It significantly increases your chance of landing the job offer. And the reasons for that is because active interviewers take control of the conversation. They dictate what direction the conversation heads in. They make sure that any experience, any value they want to get on the table is placed on the table. And they make sure to create moments where they can show to the interviewer exactly how much they know about this company, about the goals for the role, about everything that matters. And that is why they win out because they do this in a way that doesn't feel pushy, that doesn't feel aggressive, but that feels confident. And that feels like this person knows exactly why the company is hiring and they're a great fit for the role. So that's why it ends up working. But how do you do it? Well, active interviewing really starts in your preparation, and we are going to see it woven throughout the entire process. So if we think about the interview process in terms of a single interview that you're going to have in in a day, there's the beginning of that interview, which typically consists of some small talk and just some banter back and forth with you and your interviewer, getting to know each other, kind of warming up the conversation. And then there's the Q&A portion where the interviewer is going to ask you questions and you're going to answer them. And then finally, at the end, there's the Q&A portion where the interviewer asks you if you have any questions for them. So 
we can do some preparation around each one of these sections in order to become more of an active interviewer. So let's take that first section, the small talk. One of the very best ways to get prepared for this is to actually go out and research your interviewer. So if you don't know who this is going to be, go out and ask the recruiter, go ask the hiring manager, go ask whoever your contact is for the role if they'd be willing to share the names of the people you might be interviewing with. And once you have those names, you can go look these people up. So you can go look at them on LinkedIn, you can run a Google search for their name. We're essentially doing some research research to understand who this person is, what their personality is like, and what they might be interested in. And then we want to put a couple of hooks out there. So the best way that I've heard this put was by a buddy of mine who basically said he's going fishing. So he shows up to the interview and especially this initial stage with a couple of different pieces of bait. Maybe he's going to ask the person about this interest that they had, or maybe he's going to ask about this challenge the company is facing, or maybe he's going to ask about this third thing over here. And he prioritizes them. So he tries to lead with the best one in terms of creating the best opportunity for a conversation that's going to go a little bit deeper so he can start building a rapport with this person. But he's going to put that out there and he's going to try to put out a couple of these pieces of bait, hoping that the interviewer snatches one up. Because if they do, then the conversation takes on a totally different tone. Now, all of a sudden, we can have a rapport built with this person. We can have those rigid professional barriers kind of drop and have a more personal conversation. And that goes a long way to creating positive outcomes for your interview. So to give a couple of examples of this, on my own side, when I interviewed at Google, one of the people that I interviewed with was really into skiing. And I figured that out because I was looking them up online and I found their Instagram. They had this entire feed of them posting pictures of them going skiing, right? That seemed to be a huge interest of theirs. So naturally, I wove that into the conversation during that small talk portion, and we ended up spending about 15 minutes talking about different mountains we've been to and why we love skiing and just going back and forth on that. And when we eventually got to the actual interview itself, there was a very, very different dynamic. Another friend of mine, his name's Jonathan Javier, he did something similar where he was researching his interviews and he found that one of his interviews was really, really big into Star Wars. And Jonathan was too, like authentically, he really liked Star Wars, he was a big fan, but he went out and he got a Star Wars AirPods case. And when he showed up to the interview, he put his you know phone on the table, his notebook and his AirPods, and the interviewer spied those Star Wars AirPods and that started a conversation for them. So not saying you have to go to those specific lengths, but having some plans to tap into something this person might be interested, something they might care about, that is the best way to start the interview off on the right foot and be an active interviewer here. And if you can't research this person, that's fine. You want to think of a couple of leading questions, open-ended questions that will pull the interviewer in a specific direction that you can then capitalize on. So for example, you know, very easily, what are you doing this weekend? Or what did you do last weekend can be used in pretty much any interview. And your hope is that they share some plans with you from their weekends that you might be able to tap into that you may might be able to leverage. Another thing is if there's a holiday coming up, or if there's a change in season, you know, what are you doing for the fall? What are you doing for the summer? What are you doing for this holiday, any big plans, that can trigger some stuff as well. Maybe they're traveling to visit family in a certain place and you can tap into something about that location. Uh, Or maybe they're going on vacation or maybe they're getting married or maybe they're having kids or maybe it's their kid's birthday or any of these other things. You can use that to build a relationship with that person in just a couple of minutes with that light back and forth. So that's really what you're looking for. And you don't necessarily have to know everything about this interviewer or even have to have their name in order to tap into this. Then we move into the middle portion of the interview, which is all about that Q&A. And of course, we don't want to interrupt the interviewer when they're asking a question or barge in or anything like that. We want to let them ask their question, but then we want to do two things with our answer. First, when we share our answer, 
we want to make sure that we start by tying it back to the role. So instead of just going in on our answer and saying, oh, well, I can give you an example of that, you know, back when I was working at blah, 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 blah. And then you just go on with the rest of the answer. Instead, you could say, well, look, I know that, you know, through my research, something that's really important to the success in this role is blank. So let me share an example of a time that I helped successfully achieve blank in a previous role. And then you go into the answer. So now at the very beginning of every answer that you give, you're tying it directly back to what you know this role is looking for, what you know this hiring team is looking for. And that's just going to solidify the message that you know exactly what this team needs and you have concrete examples that prove out why you're a great person for this role, why you already have experience that's going to help them win. And then on the back end of your answer, you can ask a question. So you can go through this entire example and then you could say something like, is this something that you've tried in order to help achieve this goal that you have? Or I know that this specific area has been a challenge for you all. Have you tried some of the stuff I just mentioned in my answer? Or are you looking at other avenues? And these very simple short questions after you give an answer are great because you show up, you start the answer by tying it back to the role. You give this whole great example that showcases your experience and your value. And then you say, hey, have you, has your team tried that? Or, you know, have you considered this? Or I know this is a challenge for you. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the ideas I have that may be able to help? And this shifts the conversation more towards what really matters, which is the focus for this role, the challenges that this hire would have to solve, the solutions this hire would have to come up with, the ideas that this hire would be expected to bring to the table. And when we shift the conversation in that direction, it it can become really, really great because one, we move away from the same cookie cutter questions that every single candidate is being asked. And two, we have a deeper conversation about what the real goals are for this role. And that's really why you're being hired. So asking little questions like that when it makes sense can be great. You don't need to do this after every single answer you give, but if you feel like there is a natural opportunity to ask a leading question that will pull you into that conversation about the role, that is exactly what you wanna do. And then finally, in the last part of the interview, we have the Q&A. And so many candidates just completely overlook this. They just say that they don't have any questions or they ask the same questions that everybody else is asking. So, you know, what's your favorite part about working at this company? What's a day in the life like at this company? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm not necessarily saying that those are bad questions in terms of the information that you want to get, but we need to do a little bit more if we want to stand out. Because again, everybody else is asking those exact same questions. So if we want to stand out and if we want to prove out our value and be more active, we want to basically do exactly what I just mentioned in my last tip, which is ask questions that dive deeper into the actual goals of this role. So instead of saying, you know, what's your favorite part about working here, you might say, in preparation for this role, you know, I was doing some research and I saw that, you know, obviously, this team is launching this brand new initiative. But some of the analysts out there are saying that X and Y might be really big challenges to overcome. How's your team thinking about overcoming those? And if you'd like, I have a couple of ideas that that I could share. And so now what you're doing is saying, hey, I've researched this role. I know what the goals are. I know this big initiative is coming up, but I also understand that there are these big challenges that we would potentially need to overcome. How are you thinking about that? And that shows the hiring manager, again, that you've done your research and that you really understand what's at stake with this role. And then by saying something like, you know, I have a few ideas, if you've proactively come up with those ideas, that's just another opportunity to start this conversation where you're talking about what the role is actually looking for, why this team is actually looking to hire. And that directness is just going to help you stand out from everybody else, but also make your experience far more relevant and make this conversation far more relevant to what the team is actually looking for. 
So those are just a couple of examples across the three main segments of the interview of how you can be more active and less passive. But as you start to play into these, you're going to start to see more opportunities for yourself. And that is really the key here is to capitalize on those. The more that we can take an active approach in our interviews, the more that we can control the conversation, the more that we can make sure that we are injecting the value and the research and the knowledge that we know the team wants to see, that is what's going to help you stand out and get hired. So I hope that you take a couple of these strategies couple of these tactics and you decide to use them in your next interview because even if you only use a couple of them you're still going to stand out well apart from the competition who's not using any of them at all so that's it for today thank you as always for listening and i will see you in the next episode of the podcast 